Merry Christmas. It is an absolute delight to have every single one of you here this evening as we are within hours of Christmas Day when we celebrate the birth of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, If you would be so kind as to bow your heads with me, I think it would be more than fitting and appropriate to dedicate these next few moments to the Lord as we learn as we worship through his word. Would you pray with me? Father, I am so grateful that you have allowed in your sovereign grace for every single person to be here in this, in this one building this evening. Lord, a special night that you reign and you rule as every night. But this night, Lord, has been established and set apart For us this evening to hear from you, all of us, God, I would ask that there would be no focus on an individual, God, that I would simply disappear and that together all of us would hear from you and learn from you, learn the importance of worshiping you, of focusing all of our attention on you, not just on Christmas Eve, not just on Christmas Day, but we learn the importance of focusing on you every single day. God, I would ask that you would guard my mouth and my lips and my tongue from saying anything that would not bring glory to the name of Jesus. Father, may you guide us and may you speak and may we hear from you. We ask this in the strong name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. After I graduated from college, my wife and I um, moved into a little tiny apartment. I had signed my first contract to teach for an entire year for $12,500. So you can pretty much guess that it was a really, really tiny, really, really cheap place to live. We had paper-thin walls and floors and ceilings. And directly underneath us was a couple that used to argue, and they would argue very, very often, and they would argue very, very loud. It was somewhat disturbing. Eventually, the man left, and I'm assuming that the woman, in some sort of a depressed state, would play one song over and over and over again. It was, it was Michael Bolton. When a man loves a woman, I think if, I, if we have it, I think it sounds something like this. If you could give a listen, please. That's plenty, that's plenty. Over and over and over again. You can cut it. 
You know, in all honesty, I have never, and I still am not, a Michael Bolton fan. <laughs> However, you know, it's interesting that when you hear something so many times that when you see this man's name in print, or even when you hear it, that you automatically pay attention to it. Um, I was in a waiting room at one particular point, and I picked up a magazine. I could not help but notice an article that was an interview of Michael Bolton. Here it was. It was called Burning Questions for Michael Bolton. The smooth singer shares his thoughts. And so there's this woman who interviewed him, Katie Coyne, and she asked your typical questions. And I'll give you a little bit about what the interview was about. Here's question number one. What is one thing that you can't live without? Michael Bolton's response, music. The pure love of singing is what fuels me. Another question, what talent do you wish that you had been born with? Born with. I wish I could play the piano even as remotely as well as I play the guitar. And then there's this one question that caught my attention, and it was this question. Who is your hero? Who's your hero? And I quote Michael Bolton. I'm inspired by all the great people who have tried to move the masses, but have paid an incredible price. People like Gandhi. And Socrates, Jesus Christ, Martin Luther King, and I greatly admire Paul Newman and everything that he has done. Now, I, I honestly have thought, I don't think that I am subconsciously or, or subtly intending to diss Michael Bolton in any way. I know that he had great hair. He has a great voice. I understand that. But I thought about this. How is it, how is it that we have come to a place in our world, get this, that the Lion of Judah, that the hope of glory, that the Prince of Peace, the bright and morning star, the bread of life, the Lord Jesus Christ, God incarnate, Elohim, Adonai, Yahweh, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom. How is it that he even appears on the same line as Paul Newman? How does that happen? How do we live in this world? I believe right now we are on the eve. We are on the eve of the day that we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior of all mankind. And I believe tonight it is more than fitting to speak about the supremacy of Jesus Christ. I want you to understand this. Christ is supreme over everything, above everything. Jesus Christ... We celebrate his birth tomorrow is not to be compared. He is not to be listed alongside of. He cannot be matched and he cannot be measured alongside of great thinkers or philosophers or orators or activists or politicians. Certainly not actors and musicians. But the question needs to be asked, but, but why? Why can't we... Measure him against the rest of great ones who attempted to move the masses. Why can't we? Because the answer is found 
in the announcement that the angel made. The announcement that literally pierced a very quiet and a very dark night in shepherd's fields outside of a little town called Bethlehem in the Middle East. When the angel arrived, he says this, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. And you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. And there's those two words right in the middle in verse 13. That phrase, glory to God in the highest. Those two words, the highest. Set him apart from everyone, from everyone else. The highest. We pause on that. And we concentrate on this. In our English language, we would use this word. We would use the word supreme. Because, listen to this, supreme is defined as being higher in rank and dignity, greater in excellence. We would use the term in our English language supreme to describe Jesus. Do do you see it? Jesus is unlike any other that has ever been born, that has ever walked the face of the entire earth. He cannot, he cannot, and we will not ever compare him to anyone else. You can be assured that the details of Muhammad Gandhi's birth were not prophesied with stunning accuracy Hundreds of years before he was born. You can be assured that Mohammed was not miraculously conceived and born of a virgin. You can be assured that Confucius and the Dalai Lama and the Pope did not and will not walk on water or make the lame to walk or cause the blind to see. Martin Luther King and Nelson Mandela did not live a perfect, sinless life. And they did not die in the very place that you and I deserve to die. You can be assured that on September the 26th, 2008, Paul Leonard Newman, actor, film director, entrepreneur, humanitarian, professional race car driver with great blue eyes and greater salad dressing. He died and he is still dead. We do not compare. We will not compare Jesus Christ to anyone. People, my my dear friends, Christmas time, Christmas Eve is a time that we pause. And there are many people that are here. Praise God. With all of the movement and all of the noise and the celebration, we pause to focus on, to concentrate on the uniqueness, the blessedness, and the forcefulness 
of this one. True, supreme Christ. The Christ. Who is what? The highest. John the Baptist says, Behold, there comes the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It is the Lamb of God. It is the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross to pay the price for your sins and for my sins. It's the Lamb of God. It's Jesus Christ who rose again three days later. Why? So you and I can walk in the newness of a forgiven life. And we have a hard time. I have a hard time wrapping my mind, my tiny little mind, around this love that God has for us, that he would be willing to leave the throne in all of glory of heaven to come to a little, tiny, musty stable in a manger. I have a hard time wrapping my mind around the love that Jesus Christ has that would lead him to a crude, cruel cross in Jerusalem. But we must see him. We must see this plan that God has for us. You must see personally, not the person sitting next to you, must see, must recognize, must understand that Jesus Christ, unique from everyone else, you have got to deal with him. This evening, you either recognize Him, you accept Him as Lord and Savior, or you reject Him. It's one of those two things. That's the significance. That's the weight and the magnitude of Christmas. We've got to see that literally all the way through the Bible, we see from Genesis to Revelation that Jesus Christ is present, unique from everyone else, all the way throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, Jesus Christ is revealed. I want you to hear it. I want you to see it. I want you to see him, Jesus, the highest. Listen to this as I read and reveal to you who Jesus is all the way through the word of God. In Genesis, he's the breath of life. In Exodus, he is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our high priest. In Numbers, he is the fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he is Moses' voice. In Joshua, he is salvation's choice. In Judges, he is the lawgiver. In Ruth, he is the kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he is our trusted prophet. In Kings, and Chronicles, he is sovereign over all. In Ezra, he is the true and faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of broken walls and lies. In Esther, he's Mordecai's courage. In Job, he's the timeless redeemer. In Psalms, he is our morning song. In Proverbs, he is wisdom's cry. In Ecclesiastes, he is the time and the season. In the Song of Solomon, he is the lover's dream. In Isaiah, he is the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he is the weeping prophet. In Lamentations, he is the cry for Israel. 
In Ezekiel, he calls from sin. In Daniel, he is the stranger in the fire. In Hosea, he is forever faithful. In Joel, he is the Spirit's power. In Amos, he is the arms that carry us. In Obadiah, he is the Lord, our Savior. In Jonah, he's the great missionary. In Micah, he is the promise of peace. In Nahum, he is our strength and our shields. In Habakkuk and Zephaniah, he's pleading for revival. In Haggai, he restores the lost heritage. In Zechariah, he is our fountain. In Malachi, he is the son of righteousness, rising with healing in his wings. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he is God, man, and Messiah. In the book of Acts, he is the fire from heaven. In Romans, he's the grace of God. In Corinthians, he is the power of love. And in Galatians, he is freedom from the curse of sin. In Ephesians, he is our glorious treasure. In Philippians, the servant's heart. In Colossians, he's the Godhead Trinity. Thessalonians, he is our coming king. In Timothy, Titus, and Philemon, he's our mediator and our faithful pastor. In Hebrews, he is the everlasting covenant. In James, he is the one who heals the sick. In First and Second Peter, he is our shepherd. In John and in Jude, he is the lover coming for his bride. And in Revelation, he is King of kings and Lords of lords. He is the Prince of Peace, the Son of Man, the Lamb of God, the Great I Am. He's the Alpha and Omega, our God and our Savior. He is Jesus Christ the Lord. And when time is no longer, He still is. He cannot He cannot and we will not compare him to anyone ever ever. This evening we are given an opportunity. You are given an opportunity. It says, since the very foundations of the earth were set, God has ordained this very moment. That in his sovereignty, he knew you would be here on Christmas Eve 2013 to be reminded of who Christ is. And I would encourage you and I would challenge you at this very moment that you recognize Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. If you do not recognize him as your Lord now, you can be assured. You can be assured that the time will come that you will fall on your knees and you will recognize who he is. Paul writes this, and I leave this with you in closing. That Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, by being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, 
even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I would encourage you to make the very most of this moment. Recognize who Jesus is. Who he was from the very beginning now and for all of time and receive him in your hearts as your Lord and as your Savior and make this Christmas one that you will always, always, always remember. Pray with me. God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your name. I thank you for the work that you have accomplished. I thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy that you lavishly pour out on us. And we just do not deserve it. Our heart, my heart, is just desperately and sinfully wicked. And you still love us. And you forgive us. And we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that you have given to us this evening the opportunity to be reminded of that incredible truth. May you speak in a way that only you can to the hearts and to the minds of every single person who is here this evening, that they would know, that they would know who you are and they would come to follow you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.